And some fun. I actually want to say a whole lot of fun. Is it weird that I had so much fun going over my to-do list with you? Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) I think I just felt a little less alone. Did you have fun checking things off your to-do list? You know, here's something that I realized. Very quick to-do list update. I have been making some progress and an item on there was to mail this person these two books that I borrowed. Uh, she sure wasn't thinking about those books. She's like, you can keep those books. I don't need those back. It just reminded me of like, sometimes you have something on your list that, you know, maybe you can let it go. <laughs> but I, here's the other thing I decided. I am not going to borrow any books ever again because I am not great about returning them. I mean, from the library, yes, but to my friends. And I here it is four years later and I still have her books and it's on my to-do list. And she would probably say, why do you still have that on your to-do list? In fact, she did say that, but. That's funny. You know, I had a book of yours that I was like, do you want this back? And you're like, no, I'm done with that one. (laughs) It's true. I was done with it. I think it's a good reminder that if you are feeling stagnant in your to-do list, if you're feeling overwhelmed by your to-do list, it can be really helpful to go through it with somebody. So I really appreciated that process. And I hope that you listeners got something out of that episode and it helped you kind of look at your to-do list in a new light and revisit some of the items. So that was episode 93, if you missed that one. We worked on decluttering Bethany's to-do list. Have you heard back from Donald? Have you even sent the letter yet? Let's not talk about Donald. I know. I already knew the answer. You know, a friend of mine wrote to me and she goes, I really agree with Autumn, by the way. You need to let that letter go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like it was still on your mind and I feel like we came up with a good compromise, which was the time limit. Totally. And I want to say thank you to the listener who sent actual hula hoop tips. Now, we use David Allen's Getting Things Done, where you make a list of someday maybe. Learning to hula hoop is on my someday maybe list. And Autumn was like, you can just cross that off. And I'm like, no, it gets to live on the someday maybe list. And we talked about it a bit. And then a listener sent me tips, like real tangible tips. So if it moves on to my regular to-do list, I am ready. (laughs) That was Amy. Thank you, Amy. Not only did she send us tips, but she shared that her friend actually made her a hula hoop. And so then I Google searched how to make a hula hoop out of PVC (laughs) on YouTube and watched the video. And man, Amy, you got a good friend because there's no way I'm doing that for Bethany is all I got to (laughs) say. They're like melting the PVC. Wow, that's impressive. But sorry, no homemade hula hoop from me, Bethany. That's not making it on my to-do list. That's okay. Should I choose to invest in that task? I'm saving Amy's comment so that I can have it at the ready when I'm finally ready to tackle that. And I did try to save a plastic hanger when I was in middle school by melting it. And I all I did was burn my legs. So Wait a second. Oh, you tried to glue it back together by melting the plastic? Is that what you mean? You tried to save one? <laughs> this is not a story I thought I'd ever tell. I have scars to this day on my leg <laughs> from where the hanger had broken. Yeah. And my mother said, throw that hanger away. And I said, I think I could fix it. And I proceeded to try to melt it together to fix the piece that had cracked. And the melting plastic dripped on my leg as melting plastic will do if you're holding it over your leg. 
it did not go well. So me and melted PVC pipe is not going to happen. Bethany, I admire your resourcefulness as a young child. And I think that was a great like science experiment. Can I do this? Like ask the question, let's figure this out. And then you tried. I mean, that was a great learning experience in my opinion. Look, you're a good friend. Because you know what my mom said? Yeah. I told you to throw that hanger away. I mean, yeah, that's what a mom is supposed to say. But (laughs) since I am not your mom, I'm like, wow. Didn't even feel bad for me even a little. She's like, no, I told you to throw it away. And she goes, why would you melt it over your leg? I I was holding the candle with my knee. Anyway, okay. (laughs) All right. So today's episode, though, speaking of items that have some use, like that hanger. Actually, no, it did not. It needed to go items that you no longer use that you need to say goodbye to that have overstayed their welcome. Yes, that's what we're talking about today. So we got a great question from a listener asking, how do you let go of useful items that you no longer use? And I read the question and I said, yeah, how do you let go of useful items that you no longer use? And then, of course, I called Autumn. And Autumn reminded me that we talked about this a bit in episode 56, which was called Uncovering Hidden Fears. The eight traps we tell ourselves that keep us acquiring unnecessary items and the hidden fears that go along with each buying trap that keeps our homes cluttered. This listener gave some examples of like, for example, kitchen gadgets. So a kitchen utensil that still has function, it is not damaged, it still is perfectly good, but when you look at the sum of the items that you have, you have too many things and there's a line where it becomes clutter. So truly, if an item still has use, how do you let them go? I guess when you're using the example of silverware, you say the item still has use. However, when it's in your house and you're not using it, that's useful to nobody. I mean, the item still has use except for if you keep it in your drawer not being used by anybody. So therefore, the item doesn't have any use. You're not using it. My argument would be you should say goodbye to it because it still has a lot of life left in it that other people can use. And of course, there are some reasons why we feel like we need to hold on to it. But if we're just talking about how do you let go of useful items that you no longer use, that's almost having the assumption in your mind that if you let go of it, it's not going to be used, which I think is a false assumption. Yes, there might be some items that you let go of that might not find a new home, but for the majority of items, there are resourceful people out there that might be looking for silverware. San Diego Children's Museum has this little cubby room and it is full of hanging down spoons that make a reflection. The kids think it's amazing. Who would have thought that all this silverware would be in a children's museum? So you just don't know. People are out there looking for things and you might just be storing it away in some hidden corner of your house and it's not being used. So letting go of it allows it to still be useful. If you continue to hold on to it, it's really going to live out its day in a dark, quiet drawer where nobody gets to use it. So this idea that we're holding on to it because it's useful doesn't work because you're not using it. If it's useful, let somebody use it. So in the episode 56, we talked about a book that I was reading by Dr. Robin Zazio. And if you've ever watched Hoarders, you know she's one of the decluttering experts on there. One of the psychologists, actually, who works with the families that are trying to declutter or navigate their hoarding. And in it, she says, you are not responsible for making use of everything that crosses your path. 
Autumn made me a little graphic that I can hold on to. So you can keep it as a screensaver on your phone. That resonated with me because really, sometimes when I'm worried about letting something go, I say, okay, but it still has use, right? It still has use. And I'm worried about, like you said, Autumn, who's going to use it? I don't want it to go to the landfill. I don't want it to get trashed. But part of letting it go is then releasing that control you have over what happens to it next. And by letting it go, you're giving somebody else the opportunity to use it. Can I stop you for one second? Because you said you don't want it to end up in a landfill. So then you want your house to become the landfill. You're going to hold on to everything so it doesn't end up in the landfill. I understand your desire to not be wasteful. Yeah. However, that doesn't start with stuff in your home. That starts when you're out in the store buying things. That's where you can make that decision. But when you're in your home, then your house becomes the landfill. I don't think that's a good give and take right there. Yes. Because you don't want something to go to waste or something to go to the landfill, that doesn't mean that then you are responsible for, well, then I better protect this item. I better hold on to it because all it's doing is, like you said, making your home somewhere that is cluttered that doesn't feel good. Right. I really appreciated that quote because I think it does sum up some of the anxiety that I have when I'm trying to get rid of something. We have talked on this podcast about some tools, and we're going to talk about some more today that you can utilize to help you get over that fear or that concern about letting an item go. And so one of those things that I want to mention is that sometimes one of the fears is you might need it in the future. Something that I want to share about that is that for our wedding, we had gotten these little wooden tasting spoons. We had an ice cream sundae party at after the rehearsal. And so I got these little wooden spoons. They were so cute. But it turns out, I did not realize this, it was like a pack of 100. So then my mom had been looking for little tasting spoons. So now mind you, our wedding was a year and a half ago. And I went to my drawer to go get the tasting spoons and they weren't there. So I asked my husband, I said, did you get rid of those wooden spoons? And he goes, I think I did. And while I was not delighted that they were gone, there is something that we've talked about before, the minimalist 2020 rule. If you can replace it within 20 minutes and for $20 or less, don't let that hold you back to getting rid of it. So I went on Amazon and I ordered a new pack for my mom and they're like $5. So worst case scenario, if you need it again, yes, those still had use. But he got rid of them because he was decluttering. And it's fine that he got rid. Well, it's not really, but it is fine. It's not a big deal. (laughs) I was so annoyed he got rid of them. But does it really matter that he got rid of them? No, it's an easy problem to solve. And what are the chances I would have actually ever, ever need? It was actually really funny that my mom had mentioned that. And I said, I have just the thing. I I guess what I'm saying is that if you need it in the future and you get rid of it, you probably can replace it. So you use the word anxiety. Ooh, way to pick up on that, Autumn. I would like to know what are you worried about? The example that I gave is an example of what had previously worried me. What if I need it in the future? And now I use that 2020 rule and that actually helps a lot. Or like books, books that I 
I haven't read, but I'm like, you know what? If I really want to read this again, I can check it out from the library. I think where I get stuck is around, it still has quote unquote life left in it. Like let's say toiletries. Like I have uh, two different body washes and a couple lotions where I've used it once or twice, but it's like, it's too perfumey. I really don't like it. I like boring old unscented stuff. (laughs) I don't want to just put it in the trash because it's perfectly good, but I can't return it. I've opened it and used some of it. So everybody needs to find a friend like me who will just take all your open toiletries (laughs) and I'll use them. From hearing you talk, especially when you say you don't want it to end up in a landfill and you feel like it still has a lot of life left into it, so it feels wasteful. You can't necessarily do this with toiletry items, but really... Just being on one of those free sharing groups on Facebook or putting it free on your curb, people will come and pick stuff up from you. I've put so many things for free that I'm like, I don't know who will want this, but somebody might. And they always come pick it up. It's for free. It's no skin off your back to put it on there. Even if you just went and looked at one of those free sharing groups, I think you'd be surprised at some of the things that people post. So that's a way that you're able to get rid of items that have use in them so that it doesn't feel wasteful. But really, I still like to go back to donation centers. I think that that's still a great place and people are there all the time looking for items. Sometimes we feel like, oh, nobody goes there, nobody gets anything. We feel that way maybe because we don't go there to look for items, but I've been there plenty of times. It's always packed depending on the one you go to. So when you give something away that still has a lot of life left in it, you need to tell yourself somebody will find this who needs this. It is about talking back to that fear when it comes up. So like, what is it that you're actually worried about will happen? So another example is like pens. I have a couple cups with pens in it and they are packed full. But these pens are not like, they're not ready to be tossed. Yeah, you just get them for free. Yeah, it's just that they've accumulated. So do I really think that I want to put these pens on the curb? The library doesn't want them. They want pencils, but not pens. What is that fear? What am I feeling when when I have a big handful of ink pens and they still have a lot of ink left in them? They can still be used, but I just don't need that many pens. So when I'm looking at that stack of pens, it feels wasteful to put them in the trash. You don't want my pens. No, not really. (laughs) I have my favorites. So it's a joy actually to buy your favorite pens and have a cup just full of those favorite pens. It's a real joy. I feel like you're missing the cost that holding on to this cup of unwanted pens, mental cost of looking at these pens when you reach in and grab a pen that you don't want and you have to put it back. And you can't get it in because it's too tight. Yes. And it's making a mess to manage and collecting the pens from around your house. And the time and effort it takes is actually stealing time and mental energy from you. I can give you an example in my own life. I got rid of all the pencils without erasers on them. What did you do to them? I said goodbye to them in the <laughs> trash can. So therefore they are in the landfill. I know they sell those little cone erasers that sit on top of pencils without erasers, but guess what? Those end up not on pencils. They don't work very well. We have so many pencils because people give away pencils for free. I say goodbye to all the ones without eraser. Does that feel wasteful? Yes, it does. However, I, I would go back to don't give away pencils anymore in Halloween bins <laughs> or 
kids parties we all have enough pencils it goes back to the consumer item it doesn't help me to hold on to all these pencils that nobody wants to use with no erasers nobody wants them at the donation place i didn't think of the library maybe that would have been a good spot but with covid nobody wants my pencils anyway (laughs) you really need to be honest with yourself yes it's still useful but it's actually taking time away from you where you could have just said goodbye to him and moved on so i guess sometimes the story i tell myself is if i drop off these books or these clothes or whatever to goodwill or salvation army they will get use again in some capacity but i feel like if i drop off this bucket of pens they're just going to go in the trash they might or they might put them out i don't know but they're just sitting in your house anyway not being used. So what's the difference? Right. I understand people's hesitation, especially with the wasteful part about it. And I know that's hard for people to get past. Not being wasteful starts when you're a consumer. It doesn't start when things are already in your house. Okay. So then I think the first thing is not bringing it into your home in the first place. Being more conscious of the choices that you're making before you actually purchase something, right? Yeah. What are you buying for gifts for other people? Really, like, are you buying clutter to give to people as gifts? That's where you actually make the decision that you're not going to be wasteful with the items that you buy. And let's go back to Dr. Robin Zazio's quote. You are not responsible for making use of everything that crosses your path. So we have more control over what we buy or what we bring in. But what about when it's things that people give us or things that people pass down to us, whether that's furniture or clothing or dishes? What about that? Those items still have use. But how do you speak back to those things? Because that maybe you don't feel like you have control over that coming into your home. Right. It's learning how to say, no, I don't have room for that. Or saying, I'm not going to use this, so I'll pass it along. Is that okay with you? It's tricky sometimes depending on the relationship, but to be upfront. And one of the reasons that they might be giving it to you is so that they feel better that it's going to somebody who's going to use it. So if you say, I'm not going to use this, is it okay if I pass it along? They might want it back or they might say yes. (laughs) Maybe they're passing off their donation errand to you. It's hard to say. But we've talked a lot about Bethany giving things to me. And one of the reasons that that's okay is she knows that I will use what she gives me or I will pass it along. That makes it easier for her. But be aware of if you're burdening somebody else with saying, hey, do you want this stuff? Do you want this hand-me-down stuff? That might be a burden to them if they have a hard time getting rid of stuff. I really appreciate you bringing that up because we've mentioned many times that I will, (laughs) I mean, truly, I have these lotions set aside for you (laughs) that I'm not going to use anymore. But that's something that you and I have established that you actually are like, oh, yeah, I like this or I don't like it or toss it, you know. Bethany, how often do I give you things? Never. (laughs) No, that's not true. It's funny because you've had some things for me, especially when I was teaching, like that were from your teaching days or your mom's teaching days. And you were like, I don't want to give this to you. You're just going to hold on to it. Like you are really conscious about it because you know I have trouble getting rid of things. Yes. I say, will you use this? I remember there was a book you really didn't want to give me. I said, no, I actually really want this. I will use it. It is about knowing that other person. And for example, my mother-in-law had some sets of dishes. I really appreciated the way she did it. She said, do you want these? And you don't have an obligation to take them. There wasn't that like assumption that we would use or need these. That released any guilt that we would have if we did choose to then donate them or sell them or give them away. 
One of the last things I want to touch on is that one in one out rule. I think this really helps when you talk about how to let go of useful items. If I get a new pan, the one that it's replacing needs to go out. I think we've talked about this before with hand towels. So when you're replacing an item, pay attention to what item it's replacing and say goodbye to that. If that is trash or donation, either one, there's a reason that you bought a new one. So it's okay to say goodbye to that item. Yeah. I almost feel like that is one of our challenges for ourselves. You've listened to this episode now and kind of do an inventory and think about, are you holding on to something because it still has some use left, even though you yourself are not going to use it? The examples we've given, like I mentioned, the lotion, well, every time I pick it up, I'm like, oh, I really don't like this. And it just goes right back onto the shelf. (laughs) It's cluttering up your bathroom. Yeah, exactly. It just goes back on the shelf and then it sits and sits until it expires. And I'm like, why am I still holding on to this? Or it dries up. Same with the pins, you know? And so I am trying to be more conscious of holding on to these items that, yes, they may still have usefulness left in them, but not usefulness for me. Then identifying what is the thing that's keeping me from letting it go. Right. And if it does have a lot of use left and you decide you want to use it, figure out how you're going to use it. So I think with you, one time we talked about teas. You have all this tea, but you haven't been using it. Okay, so then I'm going to set this one container out on the counter and I'm going to make myself tea. And so I'm going to use this tea. Doesn't mean you have to set all your teas out. Like I'm going to use this box. And then maybe you'll find out, you know what? I don't really enjoy this. I can say goodbye to this. And now I know not to buy any more tea. If you really aren't using it, but you'd like to make it a goal to use it, yes, figure out a way to do that too. But we're asking you to really question whether you are going to use it or not. For me, this feels kind of like a muscle that you use and it gets stronger. You'll get better at saying, I don't like this. I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to then do the automatic reaction of putting it back on the shelf or putting it back in the cabinet, which is my go-to. Or this shirt doesn't fit right. I'm going to hang it back up. No, put it in your donation box. I feel like for me, it's really a muscle that I need to practice using because I am very quick to just put the shirt back in the closet or put the pants back on the shelf or the shoes that pinch, put them back in the shoe thing. And it's like, wait, the last five times that I reached for these shoes, I didn't want to wear them. So it's okay to let them go. They still pinch. They still pinch. Hopefully this has brought to mind some items that you are ready to let go of that you no longer use because when you let go of them, then you are decluttering your house, which makes it such a nicer place to live in. And that's what we want, right? A less cluttered house easier to clean, easier to live in. And I think some people have no problem with this, right? If they set a time to declutter, that's the thing they need is to set that time and just get rid of things. And then other people like me, you know, do get stuck on this. Ah, this is hard to let go of because it still has use. So again, this is an invitation to practice letting that stuff go and confronting what it is that you're worried about or that's holding you back from saying goodbye. You know, we do have that episode, 20 things to let go of now. (laughs) (laughs) So you can always go back and listen to that one. That one is episode 58, 20 things to throw away today. (laughs) Not yesterday. (laughs) Right. Well, I appreciate your support through it, Autumn, and coaching. And I think if you have an item that you are feeling kind of stuck with, that you're like, I just, I'm having a lot of trouble letting this go, let us know 
because we definitely want to talk it through with you. It'll really be Autumn talking it through because she she's the one who coaches me on letting it go. Well, I think your perspective, Bethany, is also a little bit more caring and understanding. <laughs> so I think just getting a different perspective on maybe what's holding you back is great. And we're going to put that image that Autumn, uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Autumn took the quote from Dr. Robin Zazio and made this really beautiful little like wallpaper that you can put on your phone or print out or just look at when you need the reminder. You are not responsible for making use of everything that crosses your path. Thank you, Dr. Robin Zazio. I remind myself of that often. And you can find our show notes at adbpodcast.com slash 94. We hope that you are enjoying the podcast. The biggest compliment that you can give us is leaving a review on iTunes so that others can find us too. Plus, we love hearing what you think about the show. So please take a moment and leave a rating and review and reach out to us. We love to hear from you. We are on Instagram at A to B podcast and on Facebook at A to B podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. Bye. We talked about this a bit in episode 56, which was called... Uncovering Hidden Fears. No. That's what it was called? I think it was. I don't think that's what it was. Yeah, we... Uncovering... That's kind of deep. I guess we were in a dark mood that day. No, what? But that wasn't the name of the episode. That's what we called it. Oh, you're right. It is. <laughs> she just she just pulled up uh, an image to show me that that's really what it was called. This episode, we did... <laughs> 